You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. You know, the title of my message is Bend Your Reality. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where I was just at. It's nice. Bend Your Reality. And over the last couple of weeks, you know, it's, it's something I just didn't want to default to another vision message. And I was really just praying about it. And it was so funny. I was hanging out with um, a couple other pastors. And uh, we were ordering some lunch. And uh, one of them squinting at the menu. And I handed him my glasses. And he goes, oh, I only need these if the print's too small. I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, I look over at Pastor John. And he's like, looking like this. I'm like... He goes, I only need this if the lighting's bad. <laughs> so I put him back on. Uh, yeah, I just need him so I can freaking see. <laughs> so my, we're all in our 40s. And we're like, we just don't want to give in. We don't want to give in. And I tell you that story because the Holy Spirit's just like, why is it so hard for you guys? Yeah. Like, just get over yourself. I'm like CVS so you can read. You're all squinting. You're all looking ridiculous. You've actually ordered something you couldn't even read just so you don't look like it. And it's so funny that I forgot that story until I was on my vacation and I was just chilling there trying to read something. And then God brought it up again. And, and I was getting ready to preach this thing. And I had to lean over to my wife. I'm like, Mom, what does this say? She, I just need to go get my glasses. I'm giving in. I'm just going to carry him where. And then I realized, like, what is up with this 2020 vision thing? I mean, I don't have a 2020 vision. I mean, everybody's saying it. Put up the Snellen chart. Does everyone, this is a Snellen chart. So what happens is, if you could actually read all the stuff red line or below, it's like, oh, you can go 2020 vision. On this screen, everybody could read it. So we're all, like, now we're all overconfident. But if you're better than, better than average vision, say 2010 vision, you might see a line further down the chart from 20 feet, and it's just this whole chart system. And as I was praying about it, I just realized we just all want perfect vision. And I felt the Holy Spirit when I was just having this whole thing, looking up, what does 2020 vision mean? Oh, what's a Snellen chart? Oh my gosh, maybe I should go look again. Maybe instead of buying these CVS things, I should go and really find out what my problem is. And I was thinking to myself, we're going into this new vision, but our Father wants us to have perfect vision as well, a perfect vision that he's created for us. And right here is his glassware, right here, that we don't need. He's like, no, 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 I've equipped you to have perfect vision. And it was the revelation that if I can just spend more time in the Word, I'm going to get a better vision for my life that might actually line up with what kingdom looks like. Seek first the kingdom, and all these things shall be added unto you. I preached it a couple weeks ago. I'm going to give a little recap on one little part of it, because I want us to really go into this new awaken looking to see what's out in front of us and having a reality check and not in denial that we need glasses or not. See, it's amazing because I don't want to justify this 
or this. I just want to get in. I want a perfect vision for my life. Just like, yeah. I don't mind wearing these because I want to see what I wrote. Right. <laughs> Misquoted it already. See, I should have left them on. But what I love about the word of God is he's trying to give us truths to combat the enemy for the seeds that he's trying to plant, the seeds of doubt, the seeds of fear, the seeds of inadequacy, the seeds of you're not good enough. Oh, do you really think you can have that? I mean, the enemy's so gutsy, he's actually going after Adam and Eve. I mean, how many days in were they? Did God really say? Did he really want you to have that vision for your life? It's amazing he works overtime for seeds of doubt. But if we knew what we knew, we wouldn't waver no matter what voice was in our head. And so as we get into this, the one thing I've learned about being a part of this church is the devil can't stand for us to get victory, can't stand for us to get our own vision for our life, to be awakened to God's destinies and purposes for our love. He loves it if you're just an average, plain vanilla Christian. It's true. And I was one of those for a long time. And the truth is the world became a louder voice than what the church was in my life. And I became the type of Christian that would go to church just in case my mom called. I'd go to church out of respect for my parents. I'd go to church because I was raised in it. And I know deep down it was the right thing to do, but I was a plain vanilla weak sauce Christian. And I had no fruit to show any other reason. So why would I invite my friends? Now, my friends that were completely lost, train wreck in their life, I had no problem inviting them because I was like a little bit better off than them. <laughs> but to show that I had any power, authority, or victory, or overcoming spirit, I didn't even know that was the language of this. So when I realized the devil loves average Christian, I realized that I'm not going to be up here in a pulpit ever preaching, ever preaching to average Christians. I'm not gonna lower the bar. I'm not gonna lower the expectation. I'm gonna preach what the word says about what we're called to step into and walk into. <laughs> to give you some real examples, I love it. I was reading this book, Never Split the Difference. Actually, someone here gave it to me. It's a fantastic book. And I was reading it just about the art of negotiations from an FBI hostage negotiator. And as I was reading this book, I was actually hearing the Holy Spirit louder than what the book was saying to me. And he was giving all these techniques and talking about all these theories and everything, and the Holy Spirit kept going, smash, boom on this, boom on this, giving me scripture. So it was weird having a Bible in this book, and I was referencing, not knowing where I was going. Holy Spirit led to the answer of what this guy was trying to explain. It was actually one of the most surreal trippy moments I've ever had this far in my Christian walk, watching the Word of God, which is alive and powerful, come alive off the pages. And for some of you in your Christian walk, I am going to sound crazy. And guess what? 10, 12 years ago, I'd have been going, oh yeah, something's up with that guy. He had too much caffeine, maybe got into that, maybe some of those, uh, you know, confetti hit him in the face, <laughs> mild concussion. No, 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 I'm, I'm telling you that we are God's creation. 
we are spirits living a physical experience. And when you realize this is a spiritual book trying to get you on purpose in alignment with vision that God's given you, you're gonna see radical things. It's like trying to explain the first deliverance I ever saw. It was unexplainable. You just had to be there because you wouldn't believe me. Just like next Freedom Sunday. I dare you to show up. If you don't see the supernatural, you haven't seen someone delivered in a while, come to some Freedom Sundays. Get your bell rung. But let me get back to this book. So I went through this. I started doing some research. These two two top psychologists and leading economists declared that we are all rational actors that maximize our position and value. So I'm giving you these top research that this guy kept quoting. So then I got to go on this little thing real quick. Tversky and Kahneman proved that all humans suffer from a thing called cognitive bias. And what that is, it's an unconscious and irrational brain process that literally distorts the way we see the world. There's over 150 names of these diagnoses of cognitive bias. So the top three, I just want to give you the top three because the the Holy Spirit was getting in me so loud just about these top three. The framing effect demonstrates that people respond differently to the same choice depending on how it's framed. And immediately the Holy Spirit says, because they don't have the foundation and whatever they hear, they're, like, they're just like a, a, a weed that's just pushed around, tossed through and forth because they aren't rooted. They built their house on sand, not on the rock. And wherever the wind blows, that's what they listen to. That was what the Holy Spirit was telling me, the framing effect was. He goes, you don't have that problem. Just trust in what I'm saying in the word. So I was like, wow, that's interesting. Prospect theory, why we take unwarranted risks in the face of uncertain losses. And God said immediately, it's because they don't trust me. If people trusted me, they would just hear my voice and not listen to anything else. I'm going to guide them. I've directed their steps. I'm like, okay. The last one was loss aversion, which I've been there. And what's amazing, it's the number one thing I see with people in this church and every church. Loss aversion shows how people are statistically more likely to act to avert loss than to achieve equal gain or go after their dreams. And what happens is, immediately the Holy Spirit says, because they lost their vision. So we start playing small. We start holding on to, we start not trusting. We hold on to the seed, we don't sow the seed. And I love it because for everything that these experts were saying, God had an answer to in his word. So my question is, why do we come to church tonight? Never really thought about it, but it's what the Holy Spirit asked me. Why do you think they come to church? Is it just to check the box? Is it just to maybe they need something, they're hoping for some breakthrough? My expectation that I, when I came to church is, man, I was just kind of lost and I wanted to hear a word and I met an amazing pastor that spoke life into me. I went and started going to a church because I felt like someone saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. So I kept going. And then it felt right in worship. So I went to another service. And then this whole soak and serve thing, what is that? Sure, I guess I'll start serving. Serving unlocked me. Because I realized if I can serve another man's vision, then maybe I'll get my own. So what do we hope to accomplish by attending this service? Maybe our DNA classes. Maybe come to a Freedom Night. Maybe come to a Freedom Sunday. What do you want to accomplish? What is God nudging? What is he knocking on on your heart tonight? 
What's the why for 2020? What's starting to stir on the inside of you? How can you be in a worship set like this and not feel some of the, the weight break off you? How can you not start to feel alive in your spirit? Some people get emotional and think it's just like, oh, it's a hot flash. No, it's not. You're fine. So what's the vision for your life? I just want to unlock it just a little bit tonight in the time I have remaining because I think it's so important. But I love it in Proverbs 29, 18, just in the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. In another version, it says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. God set up some principles and some laws to help just keep us on. The, it's like guardrails for our life. Are we willing to listen? I can tell you, if you're just not really sure where to start, I can tell you, why not just meditate? It says meditate day and night. Why don't we meditate in Proverbs, the book of wisdom? Why don't we just get in there and start somewhere? If you don't know where to start, start with Proverbs. What Pastor Jurgen told me years ago, and I would just devour and read Proverbs. First time through, I was like, I don't know what I'm reading. That is way too deep for me. Do you have the Forrest Gump version of Proverbs? <laughs> and then someone gave me the Passion Translation. That helped. So... Too much? Too far? Okay, come back. So I just wanted to find some vision real quick. Vision, out of all these definitions, sight is a function of the eyes, while vision is a function of the heart. Vision is our mind's eye. You can close your eyes and start to see something. Vision is seeing the future before it comes into being. Check out Hebrews 11.1. 1. Vision is the ability to see farther than your eyes can even look. It is vision that makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. As a noun, it's the ability to think about or plan the future from your imagination. If it's a verb, it's just to imagine as an action. Your personal vision is how you commit to living your life. It influences all your areas, your family, your spirituality, your physical well-being, your leisure, your work. In the Latin, it has they got visio, to film. I love it. The act of seeing the external objects is actual sight. All these different definitions. Faith here is turned into vision there. It's the faculty of sight, something imagined to be seen, not real, maybe a phantom or a speck. But in scripture, a revelation from God, an appearance or an exhibition of something supernatural presented in the minds of the prophets by which we're informed of future events. Do you know that every king had a prophet? Every king had a priest that would prophesy and give them wisdom. For my kings in the room, who's your priest in your life? Who are you going to allow to prophesy? Are you listening to your pastor? It's amazing how we'll get advice, but then they say, no, I went this way. I thought I said that way. I'm like, why did I even pray for him? I thought they came to ask me for advice. Every king had a priest. You know what the kings did that didn't like the priestly advice? They killed them. That's why there were more priests than kings. But every king needs a priest. See, we're raising up kings in this house. Now, what is a king? It's someone that's taking ground. It's someone that's an influencer. It's someone that's taking territory. If you have your own business, you're a king. Or a queen, you're just a place of authority, but you need a priest to give you that wisdom straight from heaven. Prophets aren't dead. We're raising them up in this house. You better believe it. So a few weeks back, I preached the message, my king. 
And in that message, just a little recap, I said, you gotta believe what God says, and then you have to decide, because we decide what gives life meaning. So if it's an alignment, where I was talking about Matthew, it just is talking about seek first the kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. What's the kingdom? I said it's broken down in the first book of Genesis, chapter one, where God said nine different times, God said. And I'll go through it real quickly. Don't take notes, just go listen to my king a few weeks back. Um, God said, let there be light. So God created light. So we get dispelled darkness, that means awaken vision, okay? Number two is atmosphere. God created atmosphere, the heavens and the earth, so we can flourish in all areas of our life. That's the atmosphere we create, God's created. That's our culture. Number three is structure. God created structure, formed the earth so we could build whatever we want. He gave us things to create a structure with. Order, God created order, the sun, the moon, the stars to rule over the earth and govern the seasons. That's so we could live in a rhythm and a rhyme. He gave us an order to fall into. Movement, God created motion, every living thing that moves so we can be unstoppable. Do you believe it? I wonder, do you know him? Man, he created relationships. God created relationships. We're made in his image and in his likeness, the imago Dei, to have relationships with one another and then rest so we can understand and just say la and breathe and reflect and know what honor looks like so we can honor the king that gave us life. But what happens is he gave us this, this blueprint in the first chapter and so if something's not working in your life, if you don't like where you're at and you wanna know how do I get different fruit, you just plug it in this formula. So if you begin with number six, whatever's not working in life, go to the previous one. For example, if relationships aren't working, go to movement. If things aren't moving in the right direction, go to order. If things aren't in the right order, go to structure. If things are not structured right, well, then go to atmosphere. If your atmosphere is off, go to the very beginning. Your vision must be off. And I wanna tell you, let's go back to the beginning, the foundation, how's your vision? Some people, I'm not sure where to go practically. Let me tell you, you show, I'll show you your vision if you show me your bank account and your calendar the last six months. I'll show you your vision. It's a little, it's like a little, oh, that stung. Can you go back to the happy like version? But the truth is, I'm gonna find out just by looking at your bank account and looking at your priorities of your calendar, if Matthew 6.33 means anything, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's that mean? The right way of doing things, meaning his way of doing things, and all these things shall be. So five quick points in two minutes, and we're gonna pray for your vision cards. Why vision? Because God does not speak to you about where you are, he speaks about you where you're going. If you have a bunch of people that always love talking about where they are, here's my advice. Change your atmosphere. Get around people that tell you where they're going because God's told them where they're going. You're like, well, I don't want to be that guy. Then you're okay with being mediocre. And like my favorite quote, once you lick the lollipop of mediocrity, you suck forever. <laughs> Calm down. God has a plan. How do I know? Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctify you, ordained you as a prophet to the nations. You go in Genesis 12, let's talk about Abraham. Genesis 37, Joseph, Judges, for Gideon. You just go all throughout the Bible. God has a plan for your life. But who's your influencing you? Is it your atmosphere or the culture around you? Or is it God putting a little sunshine, some water on that seed that he planted before you were born? You were born with a purpose and a vision. The next one is, 
Point two is why big? God didn't call you to be average. He didn't call you to play small. He didn't call you to be comfortable. He called you to play full out. There's a world out there that needs full throttle Christians. That's why I love going to Emerge Men. I get to see men get unlocked, throw the burdens in a fire and watch life come back to them. I love when my wife comes back from Cherish. Cherish women come together. There's a sisterhood that come out when I go to the marriage retreat, I'm watching marriages restored. But the church is built to disciple you and me to get us back in alignment, seeking first the kingdom, unlocking our visions, and establishing what God wants for our life. So why big? Ephesians 3.20, exceedingly. Now to him who is able, how many know he's able? To exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Some of you just gotta unleash, know that there's a God that's giving you power and authority. Maybe just see yourself as a powerful woman, as a powerful man. It's amazing how Christians get a little funny about that. They're like, ah, uh, I don't wanna be too powerful. Okay, that's weird, that's weird. You know, it's, I'm like, oh, you're the type that just want God's for emergencies, 911 calls, you know, just to get you out of something, but you don't wanna be powerful. You just want the problem solver, God. Okay, yeah. Your vision determines your destiny. I love Pastor Jurgen's message this morning. I recommend every single one of us listening and watching it over and over and over again because he even talked about all the spies were right. 10 didn't think they could and they didn't, but two thought they could and they did. What do you see yourself as? It doesn't matter if you're broken because God can fix it. See, God can fix broke, but he can't, fix a mentality, like a poverty mentality. He just lets after you work it out, when it gets bad enough, he'll be like, all right, you ready for me yet? You ready for me yet? Why can't people talk about money in front of you? Why are you getting all weird about it? The spirit of mammon influences the church of America, but we wanna be a different church. We wanna buy territories, we wanna buy buildings, we wanna unlock kings and priests and prophets and teachers and preachers. It's gotta be different. Vision is the key to your future. Number three, the, your future's already in you. I love it when people are like, I just, I just gotta find myself. Really? Why don't you just find Jesus? Like, he can just shine a light on what's already in you. He's already given you all the gifting. He's already given you all the stuff. Your future is not ahead of you. It lies within you. So important to know it. I don't want to get into this biblical scholars, but these two biblical scholars, they said this one thing that I love. It said, we are creating the image of our heavenly parents. We are God's spirit children. Whereas in ancient Near Eastern temples, it was common to have the image of God in that God's temple. What they said of this huge study of all the religion, Christianity is the only one that in the Garden of Eden, the image of God is found in the man and the woman. The biblical story further explains Adam and Eve's purpose as bearers of the divine image. We are representatives of God in his creation to multiply and replenish the earth, and they were to care for the earth and creatures therein. We are above all things, Genesis 1:28. And I love it. Then I did a study on that. The first employers, Adam and Eve, had two employees. It was Cain and Abel. They were farmers and shepherds. I was like, come on establishing what that even looked like back then, to multiply, to raise up, to look after each other, to plant seeds, to raise up, to harvest, to take territory, to take dominion. But what are we afraid of as Christians? To be like the nice Christians? 
oh, I don't want to own all that. I don't want to do all that. You're called to be blessed to be a blessing. Why are we trying to shrink back when God's trying to build us up, to step us out, to get bold and courageous, to put on that thing where the devil's trying to plant doubt and fear and smallness? God's trying to break those chains, break those shackles, get around people that are already living around that. That's why I love being around Pastor Jurgen and Leanne. Other pastors are attracted to them because they want to live so big. They're just not positive people that just go, oh, Jesus is awesome. No, they're living it. They go after their dreams. They go after their homes. They, they want to see their kids, help their, train their kids to take ground, to take territory. We're all their kids. You're like, just find, raising up pastors, raising up, you know, the Higginbottoms to start Pathfinders and says, go for it. Build me up some kings and queens out there to go take land. Let's get the entrepreneurial spirit back alive in the church. The wealth of the sinner stored up from the righteous. Why, why are they okay to go out there and do big things? Why are we not as Christians doing big things? You are perfect for where you're at, for God's vision for your life. Stop wishing you were somebody else. Psalm 139.14 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. You're already made perfect. Just trust God. He can heal up wherever you're at. As we pray for our vision cards, they're gonna happen in just a minute. On that chance, it starts somewhere. Steal the rest of them, take them home. Wallpaper your room, whatever it is. Don't do it if you're married, it causes conflict. But I'm just saying, get those awakened vision cards. Write down the names of those that you're praying for. I love it because God's not asking you to write down things that you think you can accomplish. He's asking you to write down things that you could never accomplish without him. He's asking like, like what's gonna stretch it and you never think? God lives outside of time. You're gonna go, oh, I don't know if I have enough time to do that. It is as you say it is. What are you saying today? And vision requires action now. How do you do it? Listen, it's what I teach for a living almost. If anyone's gonna hashtag goal setting, it's gonna be me. There's, God's given us a formula all throughout the word. I'm gonna give you just one basic step. It just says, the Lord answered me and said, record the vision, inscribe it on tablets. The ones who reads it may run, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal and it will not fail. Wait for it. It will certainly come. It will not delay. Just write it down. Meditate on it day and night. Create a, pan, a plan to accomplish the mission. I love this, what the Bible says. It says in Proverbs 15, 22 and 16, 1, without consultation, plans are frustrated but with many counselors, they succeed. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Listen, who's in your life giving you good advice? Oh, I don't wanna call that person, I know they're busy. You just took yourself out. You don't even need to blame the devil. You're the one that just said, oh, I don't wanna talk, they're... Why are you disqualifying yourself? Make the phone call, show up at men's prayer, bring your vision card, show up at women's prayer, bring your vision card. Oh, I don't want to walk down there. The line's too big. How bad do you want it tonight? I know some people that like wrote it down. They left and like, oh, I'll pray for it when I get home. Come get anointed with oil. Get prophesied over. Break some shackles. You're worthy of it. Don't take yourself out.
It says in Psalms 37, 23, the steps of the man are established by the Lord and he delights in the way. When he falls, he will not be hurled headlong because the Lord is the one who holds his hand. Steps are your day in, day out, step by step, moment by moment, hour by hour, decisions you make and the things you take up your time and use for your life. Guess what? Today we're saying, let's awaken vision. But if you mess up tomorrow, guess what? It's a new day. Do it again. If you mess up on Tuesday, it's a new day. Do it again. If you mess up on Wednesday, do you know his grace is sufficient? Do it again. If you keep messing up, do it again. I'm telling you, the enemy loves you. You're like, why are you gonna get up again? God's directing your steps. You just gotta keep stepping. Keep stepping, keep stepping. We gotta learn, you know what I love about, I observed a blind person while I was on my trip. And I'm thinking, man, there's a blind person on a yacht with a dog. I was like, man, that is bold faith. I'm thinking to myself, boy, they, they're living the, you know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, I love it, for we walk by faith, not by sight. They were living it right there, on a boat. They had a captain, they weren't blind boating it, but. I, I got to see firsthand what it means to live by faith and not by sight. See, that blind person had to totally trust in the ability of a dog to get them around, that they wouldn't lead them off a cliff, that they're left, they were gonna follow left, they were gonna stop when traffic was coming, that that is living by, I'm thinking, this person can trust a dog, yet I have people with sight in my church and we can't trust our almighty father. They had to surrender the training to their guide. They could, this is what I want you to hear. I want you to hear this line. They could have easily sit down and give in to their disability. They didn't have to rationalize it because they are blind. It's just too, diff, it's too dangerous to live their life to the fullest, but yet they don't. How many Christians do you know that have already sat down or given up, but they got full sight and God's just trying to nudge them towards a dream? They rather give into the fear without sight, but they put complete trust and competence into their guide dog. Yet we have a guide right here. Not only do we have a guide, we have a Holy Spirit that wants to guide us, that isn't gonna forsake us, that isn't gonna leave us, that isn't gonna trip us, that isn't gonna lead us down the wrong path, that can we trust him today? Blind faith produces 2020 spiritual vision. That's the bottom line. See, I'm just a couple steps in front of some of you. Even some of you I'll go to for mentorships in some areas. I'm in the marketplace and I'm doing this. I've had to trust God. I've had to trust my pastor. I've had to call him to ask questions. I've had to call him just to be like, God, what am I doing? But I've had to learn, I'm not gonna get an ego, I'm not gonna let pride take me out, I'm not gonna let doubt. I know the purposes and plans that God has for my life. I get to see it in men's prayer, guys that come in and get, up, get unlocked. Men that come in and make a confession about where their marriage is at, and to see them a year later completely restored, completely on fire for Jesus, and to building a house built on the principles of what God has. That's 2020 spiritual vision. Do you trust him today? You know, and Jesus wasn't, you know, if you go look at all his healings, you know, he healed the blind man, and he said, go down to the pool of Bethesda, pool of Shalom. He said, go down there. 
He didn't go, I'm so sorry for you. Come on, let me walk you down there. No, no, no. He just said, go down there. That guy went down to the pool. He came back healed. He didn't fall into victim mentality, but what I love about the blind person that had enough faith to walk on his own accord because he had the right relationships, the right friends to get him down to that pool to get that healing after he got spat in the eye and he came back to celebrate his healing. He got his vision back, but Jesus didn't pamper him, baby him, make excuses for him. He just said, how bad do you want it? See, all of you know what Jesus can do. And if you don't, the first thing is get Jesus. Jesus is the way. He's already got the vision. He already sees the plans. And tonight, as we go into this time, I'm gonna open up the altars. I'd love everybody, uh, my ministry team, to step forward right now. It's the last night of Vision Sunday. Multiple cards. I hope you've been praying about maybe just some people or families that God's put on your heart that you wanna see get victory. But here's the thing that I do know for you. The thing that I do know for you is I've been around this church for 13, 14, 15 years, and I've watched time after time after time the formula of watching broke people come in, surrendering their life to Jesus, getting in the right atmosphere, the right culture, the right structure, the right order, the right relationships, and I've watched God produce what most of the world would call a miracle. But you know what God says it is? He says it's divine order that he's already ordained for your life, for your kid's life, for your kid's kid's life. Do you trust him? Do you know him? That's my king. It's so important that the first thing he talks about is awakening from darkness, that vision. So as the worship team starts to play, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, listen, he didn't send his son to start another religion. He just sent his son to redeem you and I. If you know you need to get, you're like, why did I come to church? Why do I come to church? Come down tonight and who's ever praying for you and said, hey, first things first, before we pray for my vision, I want a deeper relationship with Jesus. I want to know that my eternity is sealed. It's just an authentic, real decision that you make in your heart. And you're going to have somebody that's going to pray with you. Then get to your vision. A lot of personal development people, and I said it this morning, all about vision, all about breakthrough, everything. But if you don't have the anchor, when that storm comes, what's your boat? What's your life anchored to? Jesus is the cornerstone. That's our anchor for eternity. He loves you. He wants you to win. He's gonna watch relationships get reestablished. I want you to break every lie that the world teaches. Oh, don't do business. Don't mix church and business and politics. The church was the voice. It was set up to be the voice to help to be the moral compass for you and I. But the church in America has got quiet. The church in America has got a little vanilla. The church in America has kind of backed up and let the cultural authority of the world be the loudest voice. But there's an awakening happen, and I want you to know that you're a part of it. That God's going to stir up some of the greatest leaders, some of the greatest evangelists, prophets, kings, priests, whatever it is that God's calling you. Let's get it sealed tonight. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.